Hello and welcome to the Last Push podcast. On today's episode, we're going to start really a mini series kind of for you guys so that you can listen to this at home. You can listen to it a couple times a week. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to talk through all the spec points, um, starting with biology, and we're going to kind of just go through each section of the exam and the information that you're going to get tested on for that. So this is geared towards anybody really who's trying to do some self-study at home, anybody in year nine trying to get up a little bit ahead, anybody in year 10 who's trying to do a little bit of revision for their paper one and potentially thinking ahead for the paper two content, which uh, realistically they're going to start doing you guys are going to start doing next year, but just so you can get a little bit ahead. And anybody else who's really just trying to do a little bit of more prep for their GCSE exams. So if you guys get a pen, get a pencil, um, get some paper, and get all your equipment ready, and then we will start. Okay, hopefully you've got all your equipment ready and you guys are ready to rock and roll. So first thing we're going to take a look at in the lesson one, the first part of your exam is all about cell biology and it's really, really important for you actually to have those fundamentals in cell biology in order for you to be successful. The harder questions for you to be successful on your biology paper too as well because some of these topics can come up again and again. So first thing on your specification that you guys need to know about in terms of cell biology is um, the start of cells, which is knowing about eukaryotic cells and prokaryotic cells and knowing the differences between them. So the first thing I like to start thinking about is if you actually think about how the evolution of the world, evolution of our planet most of you know that we didn't have humans didn't exist for a couple thousand years a couple hundred thousand years we didn't exist trees were not actually there the first thing that existed were your single-celled really 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 simple organisms and these are your prokaryotes and I like to think of it um, how I like to remember it is actually thinking about the word pro. Pro typically comes from the word before and it's things that have happened earlier. So prokaryotic cells are your earliest life forms, your earliest simple, simple cells. And some of the facts that you need to try to remember about them is they are extremely small. They're smaller than eukaryotic cells typically. They've got no nucleus. That's the major thing that you're usually tested on is the fact that prokaryotes have no nucle no true nucleus is usually what it's um, called, no true nucleus. So instead, they'll either have a single loop of DNA, which is really, really helpful because they can replicate and they can multiply quickly because of this because they've got a smaller amount of DNA. It's a single loop of DNA or the keyword 
um, that they sometimes like you to use is plasmid DNA. And plasmid DNA is very similar to a single loop of DNA, but instead of it being a loop, it's on a lot of diagrams kind of looks like your DNA is all bound up into kind of like a messy ball, almost like picture yarn or string all looped around each other. So those are the two facts that they want you to remember with prokaryotic cells, that they're smaller, that they've got no true nucleus, they've got a single loop of DNA or plasmid DNA. And the typical example that is used when talking about prokaryotic cells are bacteria cells. So if you guys pause, take a minute, get your revision guide out, um, take a look at a bacteria cell, you're hopefully going to be able to see that they've got plasmid DNA or a single loop of DNA, which is labeled. And oftentimes on your biology paper one, you're going to be asked to label some of the parts of the bacteria cell. So you might need to remember from um, just your general cell knowledge that bacteria cells have got a cell wall, which is that outermost line, that outermost membrane, and then they've got a cell membrane as well. If you've got any line that points to space, that's always going to be the cytoplasm where chemical reactions take place. Um, oftentimes, bacteria cells actually have got a tail, scientifically it's called a flagella or a flagellum, but that tail enables the bacteria cells to move around. Um, and that's the purpose of it. So those are your prokaryotic cells. And your eukaryotic cells are what came after in terms of the evolution of development, the evolution of cells, um, single-celled organisms. Then we have multicellular organisms where your first plants started being developed. And eukaryotic cells typically are going to be your plant and animal cells. And they're always a little bit larger. And they do have their DNA in a nucleus. That's the main thing. And then one of the main differences between eukaryotic and prokaryotic cells is that they do have their DNA in the nucleus. So in terms of eukaryotic cells, you need to know that a cell is the simplest life form. Um, they're extremely small. You need microscopes to see them. And you need to know that inside of a cell, they have got components called organelles. And each organelle inside a cell has a different function that will help that cell work and be able to function properly. So in terms of eukaryotic cells, there are eight total that you need to know. Five of them are in animal and plant cells, and three of them are in plant cells only, because plants do different things to animals, so they need three specialized organelles to help plants survive. So the next thing we're going to do is we're going to take a look at those eight organelles and what their functions are, because this... Uh, typically, this always comes up on your biology paper one. You can sometimes see it crop back up again on paper two, but it's really, really important for you to have all eight of these memorized and for you to know them quite well so you can get those easy marks on that exam. So first thing uh, I want you to do is I want you to take a pause. I want you to get up a diagram on your phone, your iPad, your computer, or using your revision guide. I want you to get up a picture 
of a animal or plant cell so that when we're talking through this, you actually have a visual in front of you. So have a quick pause and get that. Okay, hopefully that gave you enough time to get a picture up of an animal or plant cell. So what we're going to do is we're going to start by, if you're looking at a diagram of an animal cell, the outermost membrane is called a cell membrane, and it's something that comes up later in the transport section of cell biology, so you need to know it quite well. The cell membrane the function of this is to allow substances into and out of the cell. So they're going to be things typically like gases. So oxygen will move into an animal cell through the cell membrane. Carbon dioxide will move out of a cell through the cell membrane. You could also have things that have been digested. So for example, if you have a piece of bread and those carbohydrates gets broken down into glucose. The glucose is a small enough molecule to move into the cell membrane of a cell to then be used um, in different chemical reactions. So the cell membrane is that outermost layer. Then there should be quite a large uh, dot, um, hopefully on your diagram that you see labeled the nucleus. The nucleus, um, a lot of people describe it as the powerhouse of the cell, which will not get you any marks typically on an exam. So what you need to try to remember is that the cell membrane controls the activities of the cell. And really, really important for you to also state that the nucleus is where your DNA or your genetic material is found. So that nucleus is going to control the cell activities and it is where the DNA or the genetic material is found. Then you will always, always, always on diagrams have an arrow or a label that's pointing to what doesn't really look like anything and it's because cells are actually filled with this jelly-like substance which is called cytoplasm. And within the cytoplasm is where a lot of chemical reactions will take place. So that's the function of the cytoplasm, where chemical reactions take place. Then you've got two other organelles. Your larger circles um, usually typically um, are slightly more oval. Those are going to be called the mitochondria. And the mitochondria is really, really important because it comes up later in the bioenergetic section of your biology paper one. The mitochondria is where cellular respiration takes place. And it's also where energy is released because of cellular respiration. So the mitochondria is quite an important organelle, which we will see come up later in part of your biology paper one exam and it's where cellular respiration takes place then the last and final organelle you're going to have their smallest dots uh, which should be labeled ribosomes and the smallest organelle a lot of times you can't see this organelle because it is so small you can never see it on a light microscope 
because it is too small. This is called the ribosomes. And ribosomes are where proteins are made. We constantly need to be making proteins in our cells to replace things, to repair things, um, just to grow and to build cells and tissues. And ribosomes are really, really important because in every single one of your cells, those ribosomes are making new proteins so that you can replace and repair cells and tissues. So those are the five organelles for plant and animal cells. So I'll just list them one more time just to make sure you've got them all. We've got a cell membrane, which allows substances into and out of a cell. We've got the nucleus, which controls the activities of the cell and contains DNA. You've got the cytoplasm, where chemical reactions take place. And the last two are mitochondria, where cellular respiration takes place, which releases energy, and the ribosomes, where proteins synthesis happens, where proteins are made. Now, there are three more organelles which you need to be aware of, and those three organelles are found in plant cells only. So they're only in plant cells, and they are going to be the vacuole, Sometimes it's called the permanent vacuole. And we've also got the cell wall and the chloroplast. So with the permanent vacuole, on a lot of diagrams, it actually is quite a large section. Um, and with plant cells, you've got a vacuole which is filled with cell sap. That's the function that you need to try to remember, that it's filled with cell sap. Um, realistically, it's to help keep its structure and its shape. Um, but it is filled with cell sap. That's what uh, the AQA GCSE specification wants you to try to remember about a permanent vacuole. The cell wall is going to be really, really important to provide strength and support. Okay, those are the two keywords that you need to try to remember when you're talking about a cell wall. It provides strength and support. And it's really useful in a plant because plants are able to take in a lot of water and it's one of the main reasons why your plant cells will not burst because it has got a cell wall those plant cells can keep taking in water and taking in water and they actually won't explode or they won't burst the key scientific word for that is they won't lice which just means explode. Um, whereas if you put some, for example, red blood cells uh, on a slide and you fill that slide, uh, that little uh, dip in the slide with water, you can actually watch red blood cells through a microscope that will actually explode, that will actually burst because they do not have a cell wall. Whereas plant cells do have a cell wall. And last but not least, we've got the chloroplast. And with chloroplast, you need to try to remember a number of different things. Chloroplasts are typically filled with a green pigment. That's why most plants are green. Um, it's not always green, but for you at GCSE, you need to try to remember that it is a green pigment. The green pigment is called chlorophyll. And I like to really emphasize the fill part because chlorophyll fills chloroplast. Okay, that's how I try to remember it. So chlorophyll is the green pigment. And that green pigment is um, important for absorbing sunlight energy, 
which is needed within the chloroplast because the chloroplast function is photosynthesis. Um, and photosynthesis, I like to break it down in terms of the two words and start thinking about the two, two words that can be broken down in the actual name. Photo, when you think of photo, you think of flash, you think of light. And the second word, synthesis. So if you're synthesizing something, you're using the light, the photo, photosynthesis. You're synthesizing light energy, and that plant is going to be synthesizing light energy along with water and carbon dioxide to produce oxygen and glucose. The glucose can then be used in the plant to get converted into starch and to be stored um, later to be used for energy and um, organs and things like that. When I mean organs in a plant, I'm talking about fruit vegetables, I'm talking about flowers, so that glucose can be used to grow and build things within a plant. So those are your three plant cell only organelles. We've got the permanent vacuole, which contains cell sap. You've got the cell wall, which provides strength and support. And you've got the chloroplast where photosynthesis takes place. And it's filled with chlorophyll, which helps to absorb sunlight energy in the endothermic photosynthesis reaction, which comes up later uh, alongside respiration in the bioenergetic section, which is one of the last sections in your biology paper one. Now, next thing we're going to take a look at is specialized cells. And it's just really, really quickly. You just need to know that cells have got uh, specialized features on them really to help them with their, their function and what they do. So some of the typical ones would be with an animal cell, you've got a sperm cell, which like a bacteria cell has got that tail, that flagella, which helps it move. A sperm cell also has got digestive enzymes in its head to help break down the wall of the egg for fertilization. And it's also filled with some extra mitochondria to release more energy to help it move. You've also got things like nerve cells and muscle cells, which are slightly adapted and slightly different to your typical animal cells for their function. So nerve cells are long and elongated to help transmit really, really quick electrical sing signals throughout your body so that um, you can do things like reflex actions, which come up in your biology paper too. And in terms of plant specialized cells, you've got things like root hair cells, you've got xylem and phloem, which are specialized vessels to help transport water, uh, minerals, nutrients up and down the plant. And the root hair cells are, they come up quite a lot. Um, oftentimes you're asked to describe or talk about root hair cells when answering questions. And root hair cells are specialized because usually they've got an elongation on them which helps increase the surface area to help absorb more water in the roots because the roots of plants their main function is going to be uh, taking in the water so that the water can move up the xylem to get to the leaves for photosynthesis so you don't need to know every specialized cell, but you do need to be able to kind of think on the spot in terms of why 
what is the function of the cell, firstly, and how is it different from a typical animal cell or plant cell, and how does that make it special to what it does? So it's a little bit harder to prepare for that because there are lots of different ones, specifically the ones in your specification, which you might want to do a little bit of extra reading on, are the sperm cell, nerve cells, muscle cells, root hair cells, and xylem and phloem, the six that I listed earlier. So you might want to get a diagram and go through why they are specialized. There's also a whole page on BBC Bite Size, um, which goes into detail about these and many more. So take a look at BBC Bite Size for that. Now the next section is going to be about microscopes because it leads into your first required practical. Um, so with microscopes, there are two types of microscopes. You've got the light microscope and the electron microscope. And really what you need to try to know is that when you are preparing a slide on a light microscope, you need to make sure that the specimen, the cells, are one cell thick. So they're thin enough for the light to go through. Usually you'll use a stain, uh, which is typically iodine which is a brownie-orange dye, or methyl blue, which is a blue dye. So if you are making slides, you want to make sure that you do use a stain so that you can clearly see uh, distinguishable organelles. Now with a light microscope, you're most likely only going to see a nucleus, cell membrane, and cytoplasm, because a lot of the organelles are too small to actually see. And that's why you need to know a little bit about the electron microscope, which is considered to be a far superior microscope because it has got a higher magnification, uh, which in turn makes sure that it also has a higher and better resolution so that you can see finer detail so that everything is a lot clearer. So in terms of your two microscopes that you need to know about at GCSE, the electron microscope is the best microscope because it has a higher magnification, a higher resolution, and it shows finer detail. Now alongside your required practical one, which I suggest that you go onto the YouTube channel Malsbury Science, their YouTube channel does all the required practicals really, really well. So if you're looking for those required practicals, check out that YouTube channel because it's really, really good and it's my recommendation. But one thing that you will have to have memorized is your magnification formula and it is uh, if you haven't jotted this down already, you might want to make a note of it. Magnification is equal to size of image divided by size of the real object. And you'll most likely have some practice with some of these questions because they almost always give you one of these questions on your biology paper one. And it's usually two or three marks. If it is more than two marks, it's most likely because there is a unit conversion. So I try to give this piece of advice to all students. Look at the actual points of any of your calculation questions. If it's more than three, if it's three marks or four marks, it is almost always because there is a unit conversion. So one thing that you need to know is you need to be able to convert millimeters into micrometers. Micrometers are smaller than millimeters, so going from millimeters to micrometers, you have to multiply by a thousand.
there's lots of worksheets out there. There's lots of different exam questions. You can look at past papers to see some examples of how this is applied. So please make sure you do that. Now, the next section after cell biology, we're still looking at cells, but it is about mitosis and the cell cycle. So I would like you guys to have another quick pause and get up a diagram of mitosis and the cell cycle so you'll have both of these so that you can make some annotations and some notes on that. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, so taking a look now at mitosis and the cell cycle. So in terms of our cells, um, I'm sure all of you guys at one point in time in your lives have got a really, really bad sunburn or um, you've had just like skin flaking off. Okay, those are dead cells. Okay, every time your skin peels, those are dead cells that are actually being replaced by new cells that have grown underneath. And this happens within our bodies. All of our cells have got an expiry date, essentially, and all of our cells do need to be replaced. So your red blood cells, your white blood cells, your liver cells, for example, cells within your digestive system, all of those cells and tissues need to periodically uh, be replaced so the main reason that mitosis actually happens, there are three reasons. Um, it is to repair or replace old and damaged cells and tissues. Those are two reasons. And the third reason is for growth. And how I always just simplify this, and it just makes sense if you think about it. When you were first born, are you still the size that you are? you were when you were a baby when you were first born? The answer is no. The answer is no, because you've actually, you've grown. Part of you have actually grown. So same with plants. If you think about plants, if you think about a small baby, baby plant when it's first a sapling compared to a large oak tree, that oak tree wasn't always that size. And it's because of mitosis, it's because of cell division. So what you need to be familiar with um, is not mitosis in so much detail, um, you do have to know the differences between mitosis and meiosis, and that is in your biology paper too. But in terms of the cell cycle, you need to know that every cell goes through its own cycle. And within that cycle, there are three stages that you need to be aware about. The first stage is, I like to think of it as a kind of a preparation stage before the cell starts its dividing stages. And the first thing that needs to happen is before the cell even thinks about starting to make, go from one cell to two cells, it needs to grow. So that's the first thing that happens. It needs to grow a little bit. And then everything inside the cell needs to double. So how you get full marks for this is there are three things that happens in stage one. The cell will grow, the DNA will double, and the organelles will double. So those are the three things that happen in stage one. Stage two. Now, if you're looking at a picture of mitosis, 
you want to look at the cell diagram where all of those X-like structures called chromosomes are lined up in the middle. And then after that, you're going to see that half of them are pulled to one side and half of them are pulled to the other side. Because in stage two, what you need to be able to remember, what you need to be able to write down when answering exam questions, is that chromosomes are pulled to opposite ends of the cell. Or chromosomes are pulled to opposite poles of the cell. And that's what happens in stage two. Stage three is where the cytoplasm and the cell membrane will fully separate. So you go from one cell to two cells because the cytoplasm and the cell membrane is fully separated. And the keyword for this is cytokinesis. So reasons for mitosis, reasons for the cell cycle is for growth, to replace and repair old damaged cells and tissues, and it involves three stages. The first stage is, is is for the cell to grow, for the DNA to double, for the organelles to double. The second stage is actually labeled mitosis, and that's where the chromosomes are pulled to opposite ends of the cell. And stage three is cytokinesis, and that's where the cytoplasm and the cell membrane will fully separate, forming two new genetically identical daughter cells. Okay, they're usually called daughter cells. So you go from one cell to two cell, and that's a cell cycle which involves mitosis. And this does come up again later in biology paper two. So this one's quite important for you to remember because in paper two, you'll have to know mitosis compared with meiosis. So we'll take a look at that later in another episode. Now, the next thing you guys need to know about is there are three types of stem cells. And stem cells, the universal definition at GCSE for stem cell is that stem cells are undifferentiated cells which have the ability to differentiate into many different types of cells. What what I mean by that is that if you have a stem cell, it's it's not specialized. It, for example, doesn't have a flagella. It, for example, doesn't have additional mitochondria. It's just a bog standard cell, which isn't specialized because it's not a white blood cell yet. It's not specialized because it's not a red blood cell yet. It doesn't have its function. It doesn't have its job. So it can and it will be able to, through cellular control, be able to differentiate into different cells. And there are two animal cells that you typically need to know about, two animal stem cells. The first one is called an embryonic stem cells. And embryonic stem cells are really, really important because they are the developing embryo, the developing baby. So when a sperm and an egg fuse together during fertilization, and you've got a hollow ball of around 20 cells, so before the baby starts differentiating and specializing, before the baby starts looking like a baby, you've got embryonic stem cells. And those embryonic stem cells 
can in a lab get separated out and can get used to actually form cells and tissues to treat things, to treat things like diabetes, to treat things like paralysis, to help cure diseases. Um, So that's what they're using embryonic stem cells for in the lab. And adult stem cells are used also to treat um, illnesses and diseases, but adult stem cells come from already developed humans, already developed organisms and animals. And where you get these adult stem cells is from the bone marrow. And the, the disadvantage of using adult stem cells is that they can only differentiate into some cells. They cannot differentiate into all cells. So embryonic cells are slightly more beneficial because of that. But with adult stem cells, you have consent to take the cells. With embryonic stem cells, you don't have consent and you are destroying a potential life. So that's one of the disadvantages. Now with plant cells, plant stem cells, we talked about earlier um, a plant sapling versus an oak tree. So if you think about a tree, a tree will grow. Um, Typically think about where the tree grows, and that's usually where your stem cells are. Uh, At least at GCSC, really what you need to try to remember is that you've got plant stem cells that are found at the tips of the roots. So the bottommost part of that plant, the tips of the roots, and the tips of the shoots. So where... Think about springtime, think about trees that are have those new buds, those fresh flowers. Those would be the tips of the shoots because they're growing. Um, and these have got a specific name, they're called meristems. So meristems are plant stem cells. And it's usually not very many marks on an exam, but it is still really, really important for you to try to remember. So meristems are your plant stem cells. Now, the very last section of your your cell biology for your biology paper one is labeled transport. Um, And what you need to try to remember is that there are three types of transport. When I talk about transport, I'm talking about transport of substances, transport of molecules into or out of cells generally or tissues. So we're talking about gases, for example. Uh, Typical gases that you need to try to remember. Oxygen, carbon dioxide. Then we're also talking about larger molecules like water, H2O. We're talking about glucose, glucose, which is a product of digestion. You're talking about amino acids, which again is a product of digestion, which will help build proteins in your, you got it, ribosomes. So transport is the movement of substances. And there are three specific types of transport that you need to know. The first type of transport is called diffusion. The second type of transport is called osmosis. And the third type of transport is called active transport. Now, you might want to get some diagrams to look at some of the differences between this. I'm going to talk you through what you need to have memorized and what you need to really, really be comfortable with because they'll give you lots of different examples on your exam. So diffusion is the first one and it's the typically 
called the simplest form because it's small molecules, um, small substances, and the definition for diffusion is the movement of substances um, from an area of high concentration to low concentration. So for example, oxygen moving into a cell or carbon dioxide moving into a plant cell for photosynthesis. So these are typically gases that are moving into and out of cells for respiration or for photosynthesis. We could also think about the lungs. So if I breathe in some oxygen, uh, oxygen is going to move down my trachea, down my bronchi, into my lungs, into those tiny air sacs called alveoli, which we'll look at in more detail on the second um, episode, which is organization. So that oxygen is able to diffuse from my lungs into my bloodstream because there's a higher concentration of oxygen in my lungs than in my bloodstream every time I breathe in because I'm refilling those alveoli sacs with more oxygen to move into my bloodstream, to move into my cells via diffusion for respiration in my mitochondria. So start trying to think about how these things are used because then you can start linking it all together. So simple definition of diffusion is the movement of substances from an area of high concentration to low concentration. It is a passive process. All that means is that it doesn't require any energy. It goes along the concentration gradient. So it goes in its natural flow from high to low. The second type of movement um, is called osmosis. And osmosis is similar to diffusion, except it is the movement of water from an area of high concentration to low concentration through a partially permeable membrane. For example, your cell membrane. So if we're thinking about water, Picture a tree, picture a plant, picture the roots. The water is going to move from an area of high concentration in the soil to an area of low concentration in the roots. The movement of water. That is osmosis. And last but not least, your third type of movement is called active transport. And active transport does require energy because it is going in the opposite direction. Active transport requires energy because it is going against the concentration gradient. So it is going from a low to a high concentration. It is going against the natural order. It requires energy to do this. Okay, so sometimes they might give you pictures um, where you're asked to label. That's typically where they have active transport. Or they might give you a diagram and ask you to explain it in terms of mineral ions in the soil going into the roots. So magnesium, potassium, something along those lines. So start looking up some different examples of active transport because you never know what they're going to test you on and it's better to have a few different examples um, learnt ahead of time so that you go in with a bit more confidence. So in terms of transport we've got diffusion, osmosis and active transport. Now the last thing that we're going to talk about is the second required practical for your biology paper one and that second required practical is about osmosis 
Now, what I really, really think would be most beneficial is that you actually go to the Malisbury Science YouTube channel and you watch the Osmosis Practical because it outlines it perfectly, it has a lot of detail, and that way you can get the methods and the variables involved. So your independent variable of a practical is the thing that changes. The dependent variable of a practical is what you're measuring. So for example, the mass, what you measure, and the control variables are things that you are going to control in a practical, in an experiment. They're the things that you're gonna keep the same. And a lot of times, they will want you to be able to list at least two or three of these per practical. So take a look at the YouTube channel Malesbury Science because that has got an absolutely brilliant explanation of that osmosis required practical. And what I suggest that you do is you listen to this about three times this week, you listen to it two times next week, and then you keep refreshing it and you listen to it a few more times. The next one I'm going to post is going to be the second episode for your biology paper one. And that should come up shortly in a couple of days. And then that way you can start integrating both of them and just re-listening to them because these are key concepts that you need to be really, really confident with. So get out there get revising and stay positive.